Are you excited about what the Lord has prepared for you this week, this Sunday? Right, as we get ready. I just want to let you know that Sunday morning is a time where you bring all your experiences, the encounter you have had with God from Monday to Saturday, and then we celebrate here together. Right? So it's an explosion of God's goodness. It's also encouraging one another and sharing each other's burden. Okay. Having said that, today is the seventh of the uh, Making Disciples series. We have one more. And it's going to be a great Sunday next Sunday. Right? So, this week, by the way, before I start my sermon, um, in my sermon you will find that I share about how God is working in my life and how God is moving in other people's life and how God is real and that He does what He say He will do and the Word of God is active and alive. That's what I do in my sermon. Okay, this is not a speech. This is not a wise, uh, full of wisdom, logical thinking. So you will have like a, uh, you, you will be uh, stimulated in your brain and then there is no application. I want to challenge your mind and your heart. And then you can put God together and see how he's active in your life. So my sermon, you will find God. So I share a lot about, about my life and we look at the scripture. Right? Okay. We're okay with that? Yeah. Yes. So I got, an, I got somebody reached out to me this week, and he said, I'm a Muslim, I want to become a Christian. But I'm afraid to become a Christian because they will kill me. Right? They, they will kill me. So we're talking about discipleship here. You, you, so you're think, you just put yourself in my place and start thinking, how am I going to answer this? Right? Because it's about making disciples. Then I said with uh, Brandy, and uh, I said to Brandy, what's your struggle? And she said, Pastor, it's the craving. I have this craving for heroin, and it's, it's this great challenge that I have. Right? It's the craving that I have. And then I was reading about the father who lost his son, and the first... the, the the first word he said was don't drink and drive. And the, the last word he spoke was I love you. And when he, when he called his son, the phone kept ringing and nobody picked up. And when he knew that his son has died in that shooting, uh, he said, oh son, I love you son. And then Lord Jesus, I hope you are taking care of him. Right? And then in the big picture, 7,000 homes are burned or more. 23 people have died. And then you put your life how your week was. What I want to say is every week, every day, we are like Davids facing Goliaths in our lives. We're like Davids facing Goliaths in our life. And sometimes we seem powerless powerless we just watch our house burn down you see your kid being mowed down you're afraid of your life you're having this great fight with the craving of addiction whether it's heroin or alcohol or anything and you say 
how am I going to live? And this Sunday, this morning, I want to speak about how to find the real power when you are powerless. Finding the real power when you are powerless. Now we'll look at the scripture from Acts. Acts 19, actually. And the, the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, but who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirits was leaped on them, overpowered them, prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. See, dark power is real. I, I want us to know that dark power, the forces in the world is real. At the same time, God's power is real. We have to know these things. We have to know these things. You are faced with overwhelming obstacles and hardship in your life every day, every week, every month. And where are you going to find the real power and answer to overcome these things in your life? And so we see here the evil spirits. Who are you is the question. The evil spirit is asking you, who are you? Who are you to claim victory over me? Who are you to say that you are going to overcome this defeated life and turn it into a victorious life? Who are you? I know Paul. I know Christ. But who are you? See, the main point for this sermon is the word of the Lord grew and prevailed through the power of the Holy Spirit. The word of God and Christ in us can prevail this dark power that works against us. This evil forces that works against us. And he can prevail because if God is for us, who can be against? Yes. If God is for us, who can be against us? So let's paint this picture. So Paul is coming, second, uh, this is the second trip, missionary trip. So instead of going through Cyprus, they have taken the northern part. And they are going over to the uh, mountain area. This is winter time, uh, this is not a winter time. So they can go because the snow is melted. Now when they come into the region in the Asia provinces, in, in Ephesus, this is... This is it. This is the place. This is the prime, prime place at that time, right? For Roman, because the Asia provinces is rich, it's wealthy. And there are like big city names that you know. What are the names like Ephesus, Laodicea, Pergamum, Sardis, Philadelphia, right? Uh, Thyatira, uh, Colossae, like the big name of the seven churches that Christ wrote, the letters, they were all in there. And Ephesus was richer and wealthier than any of those places. So this is the pride of Rome. Apart from Africa, this is the pride of Rome. In, at that time, Hellenism was in full sway. The lifestyle of Hellenist lifestyle was in full sway. The power of Rome is there. It's a senatorial province. And the splendor of the Greek was there. Apart from there, what was it? The fascination of superstition and oriental magic. It was just full-blown there, right? It's also what? This is the place of Artemis. It's also known as Diana, right? The seven wonders of the world. It's 
the temple is there in Ephesus. So you can see that, oh, the power of Rome, the splendor of Greek, the magic and superstitions of the Orient, and this great temple that is there. It's the wonder of the world. At that time, this is it. And then you are thrown into this kind of place to do discipleship. Just imagine. And I think about Santa Clara, Sunnyvale, Silicon area. And I think about technology and the money, the splendor of this place, the power that the place has in this country, in the world. And it's no different. We are living in similar situation. So, you become Paul today and follow him and let's go outside and see what he does. Okay? Let's see what he does. So when he came to Ephesus, we're going to talk about power, the real powers. Right? So stay with me here. He met some floaters. Right? So these are not followers. These are floaters. These are floaters of John the Baptist who believed in the teaching of the baptism of repentance, and they were there. It's very unfortunate. These are uninformed, ignorant uh, floaters that were there. And he met them, and he said to them, um, in whose name were you baptized? Because they claimed to be disciples. And they said, we were baptized in John the Baptist baptism, baptism of repentance. It's very unfortunate that they even forgot the word of John. John cl- they clung to John until his death. When you see in John chapter 3, this is not the John chapter 1, when he had come to say, someone greater is coming to me. But this is in John chapter 3. You can see that people are still there clinging him unto, until his death. And you read in Mark chapter 1 when John said, I'm going to baptize you with water, but there is someone greater than me that is coming. He will baptize you into? Yes. Well, they forgot that. See? And because of the persecution of John and John was beheaded, what happened? They had left the area and they didn't even know that Christ has come. They didn't even know the wonderful power of the resurrection of Christ. So they were unaware, ignorant, ill-informed. They didn't even know Christ has come. They thought that John was it. They forgot the teaching of John itself. That I'm just baptizing you with water. Somebody is going to come. You're going to baptize in His name and His name is Jesus. These were floaters. They were not followers. When we don't have Christ and the Holy Spirit living in us, we don't have the real power. We are like floaters. Toast to and fro by every wind of the doctrine, the craftiness and the cleverness of men. We, are, we can't stand on our conviction. We can't stand on what the Bible teaches us because we are floaters. We are not followers of Christ. And we want to become a follower of Christ. We don't want to be floaters that are... If you float, you'll go where the wind takes you. Wind blow this way, you're floating that way. Wind blow this way, you're floating this way. 
We don't want to be floaters. We want to know why we follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can receive, we can receive here. He said to them, do you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? And so they said to him, we have not so much heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Real danger. How are you going to combat and withstand the onslaught of the craving of the world that comes at you? You can't do it on your own. You know that you cannot will power through it. If you were able to will power through your problem, you wouldn't be in so much distress and problem right now. You know, you and I know that we cannot will power through our problem in life. We know that, right? Yes, you're shaking your head in agreement. If we were able to will power through it, every problem, every storm, every challenges that comes in our way, we would have will power through it. But no, no, no. We need the Holy Spirit. And we say, no, we haven't heard of the Holy Spirit. Because this is a boogie-woogie guy, you know. No, we are afraid of him. No, the Holy Spirit is a real person that has emotion and feeling. He is a person that will come and walk alongside you and help you to overcome your loneliness, your depression, your craving, and comfort you. He is the helper that Jesus promised for us. And these floaters, 12 of them, did not even know that the Holy Spirit exists. They didn't even know that Christ has come and died and resurrected. How are we going to find the real power? we got to find the real power by believing that Jesus is the Son of God. And when you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, then the Holy Spirit comes upon you, regenerates you, and you will see that the resurrecting power of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one that raised Jesus from the dead, you will see Him working each day, getting stronger, brighter, stronger and brighter, and able to help you each day. To live each day, right? How about that? Are you afraid of the Holy Spirit? Have you heard of the Holy Spirit? Somebody in here, have you heard of the Holy Spirit? Yes, yes. We have heard about Him. So you're receiving the real power by believing that Jesus is the Son of God. There is no other way. There is no other way. And that's why we make discipleship. We want people to become followers of Christ. An invitation to His great life. What is that life? It's a life, abundant life. Abundant life. Abundant life, my friends. It's an invitation to an abundant life. It's an invitation to peace in the midst of the storm. And if the storm, He will not calm the storm, He will give strength to you in the midst of the storm. But I tell you, He can also calm the storm for you. But you got to believe that He is the Creator. He is the Creator. And He went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. And there he met another group. So these were the floaters, the 12 people, uh, and he laid hands on them, he prayed for them, and the Holy Spirit of the Lord came upon them, and they spoke in tongue, and they prophesied. It's a sign 
that the Spirit of the Lord has come upon them and they become the follower of Christ because they understood who Christ was. Right? That's what Paul did. Okay. Now, it's okay to be weird, you know? It's okay to be crazy. It's okay to be out of sync from people and the world. It's like, I don't understand this guy. You know why? Because Christ was weird and crazy. He does crazy stuff. He does weird stuff that nobody, like, they shook their head. But these were all wonderful and beautiful things because he was interested in people's life. Right? If you find something that you're passionate, even though it's weird and crazy and people love it, you, I say you stick with it. I say you stick with it. Don't anybody laugh at you because you're weird and crazy. You know? Our master is weird and crazy. He does crazy stuff. And the outcome is beautiful and wonderful. People are like, wow, you know, are you going to do that? And he did what? You know? Oh, wow. That's the kind of thing that Christ has called for us. So he went into the synagogue and he reasoned. With whom? The people, the Jewish people. There is another group here. So we have the floaters. Here is a religious people group. So we need to receive the power of the Holy Spirit so we can reason with other people. He reasoned with the real power for three months. Oh, and they spoke evil against the way. The church was known as the way at that time. So I was talking to my friend and calling me and I talk over the phone and he was really depressed. He was really, really depressed. It was a long story, but what happens is they started a ministry up he started the ministry right after the, the seminary. And there was some misuse of fun in the ministry. And he started investigating and asking questions. Why, where, where did this money go? Well, that didn't go very well with the organization. Now, the organization had some link to some power. Political power, military power. And they were trying to work things out quietly. But it didn't work out. And some, they sent someone to say, we want you to be quiet. Don't investigate or ask questions on this. Otherwise, right, your life could be in danger. That's what they were saying. That we can take your life. Well, he had to leave the ministry. And he had to go away in some secluded area where people can't reach him. And he came and met me and my wife. We sat with him for two days and talked and talked. We were listening to him. And we can feel the weight. He was like the little David facing this giant. And the giant did not come from the outside world. It came from the religious people. Just as Paul was facing here. Don't think sometimes that our enemy is Satan. Always no. The church can be an enemy to Christ. Religious people can put off people. Religious people can be a stumbling block. Religious people can be the one that hurt people. I'm telling you the truth. It's the church people that hurts you the most sometimes. When we make disciples, we have to make compassion. Rule over everything. Love rule over everything. This guy is almost crying. 
And he didn't know how to overcome his Goliath. We prayed, prayed, prayed. He's a pastor in Atlanta, Georgia right now. See? The Lord slayed the Goliath for him. But we have to be willing to listen to one another. As a pastor, we have to help mentor, coach, disciple one another. And iron sharpens the iron. And our God is active everywhere. But here, they were not. So how do we do that? I didn't... When you have a close friend like that, like that, it's hard to tell them words of wisdom. You rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to heal them, to open the way for them, and then God did marvelous things. Right? And if it happens to me, it can happen to you. You have words of wisdom, words of knowledge. The Spirit of God is within you. Somebody, must, somebody just must be waiting for the right word from you that can change their perspective. And this continued for two years so that all who dwelled in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greek. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hand of Paul. This is the crazy weird stuff that Paul's doing. Unusual. We are unusual people. It's okay to be unusual people. Don't try to hide that you're unusual. Live with unusual. Be comfortable with unusual skin. Be crazy and weird and do crazy stuff that turns the world upside down. Right? Live authentically. Be honest to yourself and to the friends. You tell them that this is the God that I know who has changed my life. Life is about living for God and telling Him how God works in your life. Isn't that? Every, every day, every week, it happens. So he was at Tyrrhenius Hall for two years. Not just one month, two weeks. Because here there was persecution in the synagogue, Paul did not give up. When there is opposition, this is very wise. He made a plan, he went to Tyrrhenius, one of the sophists at that time, teaching rhetorics. An educated man, and he had a hall to teach the students. He made a deal with him, and he said, let me teach the word of God here for how many days? No, 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 not many days. How many months? No, for two years. For two years. It is important to teach the word of God to one another. To those who you are discipling. For two years, it can take three, four years to change somebody's life, to, that somebody can encounter God. I have been walking with a person for almost three years in the school. When I first met, it's just hi, you know? It wasn't even hello or shake hand, just a distance, hi. And no, no, in fact, it started with just, yeah, we did, it was, we just know each other because my daughter and his daughter goes to the same class, so, you know, just walk. And then he turned to high. And then he turned to handshake. Then after a while, he turned to walking together. And he wasn't very comfortable with me in the beginning. I don't know whether he knew I was a pastor, but he didn't know I was a pastor. And I didn't want him to know I was a pastor. You know, I want to have connection, real connection. 
not pastor or something. So no pastor, no title, right? So we walked. We've been walking now. We've been talking about weather, all kinds of things. But a week ago, there is this 11-year-old guy that shot his grandmother in Arizona because she told him to clean up her house. And he went in and took his grandfather's gun and shot the grandmother from the back because he didn't want to clean his room. And he said, that scares me. This guy is saying, this scares me. I want to be different. I, I, I'm scared with the things that are happening around the world. And we walked, we walked around, and he turned to me and, you know, he said, do you do baptism? <laughs> I'm like, wow, where is this coming from, right? It has been Thanksgiving, weather, just daughter walking around. Do you do baptism? And he said, wow. Why do you do one? Why do you want to do? Why do you ask that question? He said, "Well, I've been watching online, and this was the week that I posted. If anybody needs baptism, you can reach out to me. If some of you read my post, I mean, uh, <laughs> I know you don't care for my post, right? There are more interesting posts than mine. That's okay. I can take it. <laughs> but maybe he saw it, so he asked and said." Yeah, I've been watching online some services and I gave my life to Christ. And I need the cleansing power of Jesus Christ to cleanse my sin. And I say, yes. You know what? God can strengthen your inner person when you come to Him. And He looked at me and said, when God strengthens your inner person, you can make a positive impact to your daughter and to your wife and people around you. You are a charismatic person. You're a personable person. People will like you. You can make great impact. And he said, yeah, I want to get baptized. And so when do you want to do it? He said, maybe the beginning of the year, because that will be like, it's a new. I'm like, yes! Right? Yeah. How many years? Three years. It took me three years. And my wife has been praying for that couple for three years. Don't give up. Don't give up on anybody. Don't give up. Revealing the real power. So you receive the real power. When you receive the real power, you reason with the real power. Right? And when you reason with the power, the real power is revealed. Okay? This is important. Receive and you reason with it so that the power of God will be revealed. How, is, how was it revealed? Uh, uh, in fact, here, there were sons of Sceva, uh, Sceva, seven sons of the priest. And they are itinerant exorcists. They made money of driving out spirits, right? So when they came, when they saw Paul doing wonderful things, laying hands, he in fact... Even people took the apron and handkerchief of Paul and take it home and they were healed. Such power. Now, my friends, I want to warn you again. When you see on the television and they're selling that towels and papers and whatever to heal you, don't buy it. Don't buy it, okay? All right? You come to me. I'm here. Free. (laughs) Church, did you hear that? Yes. Yes. Don't give those money to that television that sells those towels and the thing. We are here. We have many pastors and leaders. And we have the same spirit that is here. Don't be duped. The Holy Spirit and His power cannot be sold. I just want to let you know that. Okay? 
You cannot buy the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, somebody. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, so they're asking that question. Who are you? Who are Paul? Right? And what did the evil spirit do? Absolutely humiliated him. Humiliated the sons. They were naked. Come on. Right? They ripped off their clothes in front of people. Like, whoa. <laughs> humiliated. Because they didn't know Christ. They didn't know God. They were mimicking. They were not authentic. They were going after titles. You don't need titles to serve the Lord. Right? You don't need a title. You need the forgiveness from your sin. Believing that Jesus is the Son of God. Allowing the Holy Spirit to come within you. And you can experience the power of His resurrection. Did you hear that? I was watching Netflix last night. Yes, your pastor watched Netflix. <laughs> and it's the, uh, the outlaw king. Uh, Bruce, the king of Scott. Right? I was watching that. And William Wallace said, uh, People don't follow title. And this is from Braveheart. They follow courage. Right? You don't need a title. If you have Christ in you, people will see the light and they'll follow you. So don't look for title. And the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. This is responding. When they saw that the evil spirit bounced on them, stripped them naked, and laughed at them, what happened? Christ was respected. Because when Paul did the same thing, it did not happen. In the name of Christ, people were healed and released from demonic oppression. Life were changed. Many people came to Christ. They respond to the real power. This series has been a great blessing, the seventh series. And we're going to celebrate next Sunday, the end of the series. Do you know in this series what the Lord has done for Santa Clara First Baptist Church? It is your prayer. And I want you to know this and give thanks to God. Count the blessing, right? We have three baptism already and three people are ready for baptism. Right? In this series, yes. And then, seven people are going to join the church. Seven people are going to join the church, right? And then, we have one salvation. So, you look at that. In this series, what the Lord has done for us, right? Six baptism, seven new people into the church, one salvation. If we trust the Lord, and if our church keep doing this right thing, He will add to the church souls that are saved, gain membership for the kingdom of God. I'm very excited for this seventh series. And let's see the fruit this morning. Let's see the fruit this morning.